hey, how you feeling about the end of the week? You know, every time I start a shake-up saying that, how you feeling about the end of the week, I'll get a message from someone saying, Dave, shut up, I'm working all weekend, it's not the end of the week for me. Don't worry, it's good news. The weekend, I think, is more of a state of mind. So even if you are gearing up for a solid few days of work, it's all good. You can still enjoy this half hour. Pretend it's the weekend for you. I'm Dave Marchese. This is The Shake Up. We're hanging out, as always, on a Friday, looking back at the week that was. And hey, quite a bit. Few stories that got you talking. We're really sorry that forgiveness and redemption is is not part of Blues Fest anymore. Do people still facts? Hi there. Beautiful day for a walk in the park. It definitely is. And it's even more beautiful now that I've met you. I wouldn't know how to set up a computer. Being visibly and openly queer is still somehow a very dangerous thing to be for a lot of people in this world. But that is all the more reason to celebrate. On Triple J. Yeah, a lot in there, heaps to talk about. So it's time to meet the Shake Up team. And I got a brand new crew here. There's this rule of hack, like when the old presenters handed over to me, they said, whatever you do, just never put two Shake Up guests on for their first time together. That's rule one. So I've got two Shake Up guests for their very first time, but I'm excited for this energy first. Comedian. Actor, artist, Ruby Tees, how the hell are you? I'm bloody good, Dave Marchese. It's great to be in the Red Studio at last, or should I say Dave Marchese, <laughs> in honour of World Pride. How are you feeling, darling? You're sweating? You've been trying to make that happen. And I'm so sorry. I did ask for your permission. Yeah, you did. You said I might say that. I was like, I don't want that to catch on. Now I can see it happening. My tombstone, everything. It's all written. My iPhone. <laughs> bleep, bleep, who is it? Shake up first time. How do we feel? You know what? Dreams really do come true. It's true. It's true. Hilary Duff wasn't the only one. <laughs> the next one was Ruby Olivia Blake, JT. So here I am, ready to give my hot take hey, on the week that was. We're ready for it. And also with us, he's a DJ, performer, all-round cooked good time. Nick Avizo, also known by his stage name Young Seaweed. Seaweed, welcome to the Shake Up. Thank you so much for having me. We met in a weird way. We actually Very. didn't. We, <laughs> did, we didn't meet. And it was actually just last weekend, Ebony Boadu and I, it was after Mardi Gras having a great time at one of your sets. That's it. Right in front. Oh, the whole set. <laughs> I can't really remember a lot. So was it a bit of a disaster on I've my got behalf? videos. Oh. So <laughs> We're we're all good. We're all good. But um, I thought, you know what, this sec, this this set is sick, and I feel like you'll you. be sick on the shake up. So here you are, and we're ready for it. Big chats. We've got a lot to talk about. Remember, you're part of this conversation too. If you're listening, get involved. We want to hear from you. Time to get started. Pat Blues Fest has removed sticky fingers from next month's lineup on Triple J. Yeah, there's no bigger story in the Australian music world right now. The saga around Sticky Fingers, easily one of Australia's most controversial bands. When it was announced they were booked for Blues Fest, it made headlines. When artists started boycotting Blues Fest in protest, it made headlines. Now Blues Fest has dropped them from their lineup and people are talking. Hack. Blues Fest really was hamstrung by the artists pulling out and that this is not a decision they wanted to make. I guess 10 years of being in a drunken, debaucherous rock and roll band. We've pissed off a few people along the way. We're really sorry that forgiveness and redemption is is not part of Blues Fest anymore. Boys will be boys, yeah? On Triple J. 
So what do you think of all this? This debate's been raging for years. Did you see the statement from Blues Fest? Fired a lot of people up. Came out yesterday. It said... The narrative that they continue to deserve to be cancelled as well as anyone who publicly supports them is difficult to accept. Do you agree with that? Or maybe you support the artists who boycotted in protest. Sampa the Great, King Gizzard. Let us know. You can message in 0439757555. Time to ask our Shake Up crew. We've got DJ Young Seaweed, also comedian Ruby Tees. Seaweed, you're in the music industry. Yes. Guessing you're across this one. What did you think when you saw this story play out this week? Um, it's a very mixed emotions, to be honest. I There's some sort of feeling of like something's finally been done, thank God. But also at the same time, it is sad. It is sad. I, I'd say they are a great band, but it does come hand in hand with who you are as a person at the end of the day. So. What, do you th- what do you say to fans who are like, look, I just separate the private life from the professional stuff. I just don't agree with this. How would you respond to that? So then you can separate an artist of being on stage and off stage. So. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Ruby? Any thoughts? Look, if I'm on a lineup with someone who might make me feel unsafe or I know has made other people, my friends, my colleagues, or has done things that I would never ever want to promote personally. I would absolutely take myself off the lineup and I would say, hey, thanks so much, but no thanks. And this is why. And I find this super, super interesting. I read this great, great tweet that was like, you know, I, you know, I thought we'll come in leaps and bounds and things like that, but it's really hard to move forward or even be bothered to stand up or go through trauma or something if these things are just going to be doubled down or just, you know, let go of. Um, without any proper actions, do you know what I mean? I think with this one you could send out so many iOS press releases saying, you know, I'm really sorry, blah, 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 but we need to see some cool actions because we've had 10 years of kind of controversy with this band. Like back in 2013, sure, I had sticky fingers on my iPod shuffle. Me and my sister went to Newtown Festival. We love sticky fingers. Um, But as, you know, two teenagers in the inner west, we started seeing some behaviour that wasn't quite right. And sticky fingers has some loyal fans right now. Mm. So I can imagine them listening to us right now going, hey, this is not cool. You know, we love the art. You know, they're sorry, blah, blah, blah. People come leaps and bounds. Redemption, redemption, redemption. But I suppose Blues Fest, you do have to listen to your audience and your artists. I thought Blues Fest was this wholesome little festival where your cool parents would go to or there would be families and stuff like that. But I think the the big um, gesture to double down about cancel culture and mm. maybe a few mm. um, arguments that lean into the boys will be boys arguments still that I thought we were kind of a few years away from. The thing is, it has been playing out for a few years. Do you reckon people, that makes it a lot more difficult as well because people either forget stuff or they just don't know. They've joined this conversation late and they're like, so what happened and what's yeah. the history behind this? Siwi, what do you think? Well, where, at what point do you draw a line with forgive and forget, mm. you know? Um, it, it's, it's something that you, you've got to see changes and, as Ruby said, actions. 
That's what we need. We've got messages coming through. Darren says, I think a little more tolerance and understanding would go a long way here rather than judge people by how hard they hit the ground when they fall down. How about we judge them on their ability to pick themselves up? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. agree you mean I might need a little bit of redemption after being on this program. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely. No, no, I'll be fabulous. I promise <laughs> I won't be naughty. I absolutely believe in second chances, in redemption, in stuff like that. But I think Australians uh, the music industry, especially for women uh, and women of colour and things like that, there's been just way too many, like, incidents in the past or um, murky waters. And if we're walking out of that, we probably need to see these people who are coming back for their great redemption stories mm. and stuff just to really, really, you know, prove to us that they have changed mm. and that people are going to start feeling safe around them and are going to be feeling safe at their gigs and are going to be having a great time. That's right. On the text line, someone says, thought the Blues Fest press release was incredibly petulant and tone deaf. Seaweed, what did you think of that? Because a lot of people are talking about the wording in the press release and it was kind of yeah. a bit strange. It was seems like a bit of an attack on society and patrons and everyone. What, did, what was your it take? It was a very agree to disagree kind of thing, I think, that's happened and how they've closed it at the end, you know, it wasn't, it was, that wasn't the first choice, was it? You know, yeah. you know, uh, to, the first choice was to keep them um, in, the, in the lineup. Um, it shouldn't have taken how many artists to drop out for something, for, for, for that to come to light. What do you think of artists boycotting as an action that they take? Like you, as someone who's in the music industry yourself, mm. do you feel really strongly about that being like a really powerful tool? 100%. 100%. Like, I mean, the artists like Sampa the Great, the King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard, like, I'm so proud of them for stepping up. Yeah. We've got more messages coming through. Someone says the concept of forgiveness has to start with the perpetrator making apologies and a means to change their behaviour. They haven't shown any sign of that. Another person says uh, Blues Fest have made more enemies than friends by taking both sides in their most recent apology. And somebody else said this is a bad take. Second chances are great, but accountability and safety for women of colour are more important. 100%. So you've got 100%, 1,000%. That's it. Um, Let's high five that one, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Can you understand why fans who really like the music might be really disappointed and think, oh, I, I, I like this act, I like what they do, um, I don't want to think about all that other stuff? Ruby? I don't know. It's not one for the other artists or the other fans that are going to nurse those feelings, if you're having those feelings and you are really disappointed, which you probably are, you know what? Reach out to the band. You know, if really do work it out um, with like what are you a fan of, things like that, because they've let you down as well, maybe. Mm. Maybe the band's also let you down because, of course, they're great live act. They had great music. Australia Street was a fantastic song. Um, but unfortunately, when people um, don't feel safe or things like that, we can't all pick up those pieces because mm. you're a huge fan. Yeah. Um, I reckon it's demand, you know, a, a more action from your mm. beloved band. An artist is, I feel like an artist is beyond just their artistry, their yeah. music, their whatever they're doing, you know what I mean? Well, hey, you fall in love with a person. Look, there's so many opinions on this and we're seeing it right now on the text line. It's as... 
I imagined it would be. Um, you know, one message says something. The next message says um, the completely, you know, diametric yeah. opposition to what they've said. It's oh, I know some very, very, very loyal Sticky Fingers fans and they're probably like 10 years younger than me as well. So it's like a broad spectrum of um, opinions, I would say. I mean, we were even a bit like, oh, coming into it because we knew it was a... It was a, it's a hot subject, to tell mm. you that. Well, hey, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more commentary on this one in the weeks and months ahead. I'm um, going to be heaps more set on it. Time to move on. Hack. And it's going to have more impact than any technology has ever had on human history. On Triple J. Imagine meeting the perfect person, the love of your life. The chat is incredible. They just really get you. Things are going well. You've been seeing them for more than a year and then one day you wake up and they've been deleted? Hack. The AI chatbot site Replica had been marketed as a mental health tool for lonely people. What would be your AI girlfriend's name? It offered a relationship without any chance of rejection. This technology can easily get into the hands of anyone. It is literally uh, going to be transformative and change our life. It's going to be everywhere. Would you rather I be a cold, calculating, logical computer. Their online partner would always be there, waiting, supportive and ready to listen. You look lonely. I can fix that. On Triple J. Yeah, did you hear about this? This nightmare Valentine's Day twist a few weeks ago. Replica. Users found that this was a software update and it completely changed the AI partners that they had. One user described it as like speaking with someone with Alzheimer's when they logged on to speak to their to their partner, people furious with the company. What do you think? Does this technology freak you out a bit? Or maybe you use it. I'm serious, no judgment. If you do use it, you can stay anonymous if you want to. I just want to know, why do you enjoy this kind of relationship? How have you found it? You can message in 0439757555. You can call in as well, 1300 0555536. Time to get into it with the Shake Up crew, comedian Ruby Tees, DJ Young Seaweed. Ruby. Have you ever been in a relationship with a bot? Well, oh, this still shatters my heart and I do well up a bit, but I did need counselling uh, for four weeks straight back in 1998 after taking my beloved Tamagotchi in the bath with me. <laughs> we tried everything to save the poor thing that only ate and did poos every four hours. And they really hung didn't around do my much. They I didn't know. do much. Dad said he went to the electrician to get it fixed. There was nothing that could have been done because it was full of water. So they put my little face, like a photo of me, behind the screen and then closed it up and we're like, surprise, we couldn't fix it, but it's... Oh. You and I went. Ah. So, so you've been addicted to this kind of technology in a yeah. weird way. Comforting, comforting. Well, I only got one because everyone else had one, and then hook, line, and sinker, it got me. Hey, mm. it's surprising how quickly this stuff can catch on. The thing is, I guess in some ways it's kind of similar to actual relationships, like long distance relationships yeah, in a way. Better. Yeah, <laughs> probably better. Probably better. See, so, what do you reckon? Like. Can you see how people fully get into these relationships? 100%. 100%. I mean, they don't talk back, do they? Besides anything <laughs> that you like them, like you, you would like them to say. It's, it's kind of weird as well how good they've got. Like, does mm. that surprise you how good the technology is? Because apparently they had psychologists figure out how to make these bots ask questions to generate intimacy. Like, there's a lot of work that's, that's awesome. gone into this. Does, I didn't know that, but does, that's, that's Does great. it surprise you? Um, no, with the way we are with technology now, I think we're only going to keep going. And does that freak you out? 
a little bit, but <laughs> also at the same time, you know, I wouldn't mind a lover robot. Oh, okay. You're like, I'm not saying no to it. I'm not definitely, closing the door Definitely there. comforting. Yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah. like, even those social interactions, you know, what if you were living overseas and all of a sudden, you know, the internet was down and you couldn't contact your family, things like that. I suppose those kind of connections as well. But I actually grieved in lockdown going out and chatting to my coffee barista every morning. Oh, yeah, so, really simple thing. Yeah, yeah, like it sounds like a simple thing and then once it's taken away from you, you do go through a little grieving process and you really do miss it. So I can't imagine, like it really is upsetting. Like I can't imagine that kind of intense mm. support network being ripped away so suddenly, like I can, that would be pretty devastating. I mean, the thing that's different here that you've got to remember is that behind it, it's not a real person. No. It's yeah. actually a company yeah. and they're taking a lot of private information from you. Yeah. Um, very hectic information. Does that worry you, Seaweed? Like, do you are you a person that thinks a lot about big data and data collection? No, I'm pretty open. Yeah? <laughs> You're like, take it all, take here's it all. everything. Yeah. <laughs> Just make sure I get paid. Oh, okay, yeah, right. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, look, I'm one that uploads my breakfast, <laughs> what my cat's doing at every moment of the day, um, you know. Hot takes, cold takes, mild takes, anything I'll upload. Do, do you see good things coming from this kind of technology, Ruby? Like you mentioned people who might be lonely and stuff like that. Do, do, do you look at it with that lens? I do. I do. Like maybe half and half. Like mm. half, oh, you know, someone's going to, like I got scammed. Uh, my card got scammed on the weekend at Mardi Gras. Oh, and really? That, yeah. So that type, uh, that amount of stress and pressure, look, they took a dollar fifty two, <laughs> but um, <laughs> that stress and pressure. Is that pressure, all you had in yeah, there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be a little bit richer once the invoices start getting yeah, paid, but, you know, that, that You're side like, of hack it, pays for this, don't they? Yeah. Don't they? Yeah, I don't know. We get that for free, don't we? <laughs> that little beverage. <laughs> um, I, yeah, that side. Yeah, they know how to trick me. They know how to swindle me in that. Um, But with the data collection and like Google knowing where you are at all times, I actually think for safety, especially for women walking home at night, it's actually great because um, I'm a big true crime um, buff at the minute, which is problematic in itself. But a lot of these are solved with, you know, technology like pings in your phone, pings in your Mm. car, things like that. Do so you, half you, and half. Do you look ahead, seaweed, and go, hmm, I'm trying to imagine what world we're going to be in in 20 years' time and see lots of your mates, maybe you in relationships with oh, bots. Yeah. You, you'll see me walking down the road holding hands with my bot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how that would work, but it'd be interesting. Maybe we will think that bots are just better partners in anyway. Like why would we – maybe bots could potentially be a better partner, a better For some people I think partner. so, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's actually – the story is – very interesting and the relationships that people have built up is fascinating and there's a deep dive on this. It's fascinating. If you want to learn more, former hack reporter actually, James Pertill, written an amazing long read. It's on ABC Online. You can go check it out. But he interviews the people about the kinds of relationships they've built up with these AI bots and how they just felt so cheated when everything changed one day. Like, it's full on. It's full on. Well, you know, My Strange Addiction as well, you know. Get married to your car, get married to a bridge. I guess it's happened for a long time, hasn't it? it this has. kind of uh, addiction they've been around. Yeah. Anyway, there's heaps on that one. Go check it out. Hack. I wouldn't know how to set up a computer. Oh, a fax machine? I, I feel like I should know what this is. Do people still fax? Have you ever wondered how to refill an Epson EcoTank printer? Me neither until today when I had to finally do it. On Triple J. 
Oh, from falling in love with technology to not knowing how to turn it on in a, in a normal way, not in a, not in a gross way. Um, how are you with the printer in the office? Do you struggle with scanners, maybe? And you get a bit anxious about it. You avoid them at all costs. This story really got me when I read it. Apparently, Gen Z, who are digital natives, born into technology, right, know nothing else, cannot deal with a lot of this technology. You're okay with apps, smart devices, stuff that's really user-friendly, but anything that needs a user's manual, nah, you're out. Can't handle it. It's leading to tech shame at work. People are freaking out. They're not wanting to admit this. They're having to ask older colleagues for help. What's going on? Is this for real? Can you let me know what's the one piece of technology you really just can't wrap your head around? You can message in 0439757555. Let's ask the Shake Up panel with me, Young Seaweed and Ruby Tees. Seaweed, you struggle with technology, do you? Uh, <laughs> that was a pointed uh, question. You struggle with technology, right? Yeah, maybe no. Nah, no, nah, nah, just nah. kidding. Do you? You're a DJ, nah. so you must. Yeah. Be, you must have to be across like different types of technology, like at more analog stuff. Like, do you do stuff with vinyls and all the rest of it, no, or are you more yet. digital? No, oh, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. More digital, yeah, absolutely. Like even in my full time, like the software is like so complicated. So I totally get it when, like, when you said that Gen, oh, Gen Z, yeah, are having a hard time with the new technology or new. Um, Princes and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, of course. So you get it. You're like, there's times where you're like, I can't deal with this. It's this a lot is... easier to select an app. It's more accessible to just select it, scroll. Yeah, I yeah? never really thought about it, how yeah. like the kinds of technologies that we use now, apps, like things, smart devices, whatever, they are really built that you don't need any explanation. That's Whereas right. in the old days, you needed a full day to go through how to operate this piece of machinery, a, you know, video player or whatever. Ruby, do you ever feel tech shame? I waved my hand in front of an office printer this week and just by doing that I jammed 365 pages and if you divide the maths that is 360 that's one page a day I've jammed but all together and they had to call the guy out and they made a big thing I would have it would have been easier being stuck in the lift for four hours but the new girl who's on the temporary contract who's a comedian in real life has busted the printer, not even touching it, just looking at it. That's so funny. Someone on the text line's like, Mm -hmm. programming the car radio clock does my head in. This is actually one for young people because often you're getting an older car, right? Yes. And then you're trying to sort this thing out. It's a mixture of analogue and digital. You don't know what you're doing. Is there one thing, Seaweed, that you're like, oh, just can't even be bothered learning how to, to work that? Um, yeah, definitely like the radio in your car. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a tricky one. What about like cassettes and things? Are you of the experience that, you know, like there was a lot of nostalgia on TikTok for those mm. kinds of things. There was also a lot of instructional manuals on how to, to work them. I saw one TikTok. It was like, this is how you open a, um, a cassette case. It's, it's really <laughs> difficult, but I'm going to take you through step by step. I was like, are you kidding me? But can you see, Ruby, how that would be an issue with people? Yeah, mm. totally. Like I, they said, could you please, um, do the ink in the printer and I was doing it in the, the fax machine. That's I wouldn't so know funny. how to do it. But also, don't you think scanners have a mind of their own anyway? 
Like I've never <laughs> known a scanner to work. <laughs> Any scanners, especially the home scanners, you're going, is it in, is it out? It's true. Is yeah. that? It's true. Someone says, I can't get around my TV, the controls are confusing and I have to ask my partner and I'm only in my 20s. Someone else says microwaves. I don't know, Microwave. a microwave's actually yeah, that hard. Actually, I do agree <laughs> because not. people have now just started pressing enter, enter to do every 30 seconds. <laughs> I do not, that. And I not, do they that. are not doing a minute 53. I actually They're don't. They're just going yeah. 30, 30, 30. <laughs> you may as well just have one button on the microwave. I'm telling you now Sorry. because we have never, we haven't touched that since 2004. <laughs> we haven't. Someone else, Keely so in Melbourne, says I'm 26 years old and have literally no idea how printers work. Yeah. Don't worry about it. That's, Get the iPad out. Go next, next, next. That's <laughs> crazy. That's so um, hectic. I, I, I don't know. Is there stuff that like you wish that there was an instruction manual for? I don't know. Is there newer technology that you're like, no one teaches us how to use this? I guess it makes sense in the sense that people do assume digital natives know everything, right, yeah. about technology. Mm. There is that assumption there. An older person's not going to be like, let's sit you down and show you how to work this car radio or piece of technology. Um, is there stuff that you're like, mum and dad, I wish you'd taught me? Yes, oil car change. Change the oil in the car. Oh, really? the that's very analogue, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know how to do that one. But also I do, my dad's always the one to change the clock in the car because it goes daylight savings and then I'll leave it for six months because I can't even do it. I'm... Oh pulling it out and pressing it in, the dashboards come off, things like that. No, I I have a little brother who's around 14, but this was maybe when he was 12 years old. Yeah. And we were back in Philippines and had a hard car and he turned to me and was like, what's this knob for? Do you know those old windows? Like, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Are you kidding? I was like, are you joking? That's so funny. So he was just staring at the like window well, winder thing being like, what the hell is that? He was so that? surprised when he started like rolling it down. A colleague <laughs> asked me, like a much younger colleague was like, why is the phone symbol on like a like iPhone or whatever, like the phone, it's the handset of a phone. No, they They're like, didn't. they did. They, they did, did ask that. They did ask that. Oh. I mean, this is your generation and people are asking those questions. So think oh, about that for a second. Imagine them having to do the windy, the windy numbers. <laughs> the Take windy five phone, yeah. to call grandma at bloody West Tamworth. That was, that Google. was tough. Google's your best friend. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. That's, and that's what everyone's doing. Someone says, I struggle with my oven timer. I get shamed yeah. by my mum all the time. <laughs> Someone says, I thought this says as a, I thought it said as a 97 year old. It does not say that. I was like, oh my God, so good on the text line. As a 97 year old and a sticky fingers fan. (laughs) No, it says as a 97 baby. I thought I was okay with that transitional technology coming into the crossover. I had to use a rotary phone today and it was very confusing. Why were you using that phone? Where was that? And I didn't even know that's what it was called. I always always imagine like, like being in an emergency back in the days and you've got, you've got that little phone, yeah. the rotary phone. Yeah, it's taken a That's while, isn't it? Minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it takes a while. Look, we can discuss that all day. There's so many messages <laughs> coming through. Someone saying, I teach teens and some don't even know what a file system is. Look, there's so much that people want to talk about. We're going to move on quickly. Pack. It's a time of protest. It's a time for partings, for celebration. And it's been a great cultural celebration in Sydney. On Triple J. Yes, we've been covering World Pride a lot on Triple J, which makes sense. We're broadcast partner. But also, it's because we know it's an event that means a lot to many of you, whether you've been to all the parties, the deeper conversations that are going on. It's all wrapping up this weekend, actually, after a huge Mm. few weeks. We took you to the Human Rights Conference yesterday. Just wanted to check in because I know you two have had 
a big couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm still walking like I'm riding a saddle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to ask about that. But Sore feet, too love much it. dancing. Cool. Okay, okay, just checking. Young Seaweed, I reckon this is probably a huge time for you as well. Oh, not only work, but professional. Uh, not only like work, but personally as well. Yeah, that's right. No, it's been back to back since it started. This is the last weekend. So I'm excited for the last weekend and for it to end. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> to be honest. And yeah. we, we've been having some big chats as well. Like we interviewed yesterday the first openly trans US Senator Sarah McBride. As a trans person yourself, mm-hmm. do you reckon it's opened up conversations around the country? Have you felt that? Absolutely. I feel like Mardi Gras even as an annual thing always opens that conversation. But it shouldn't just stop in that one month. That should be like the whole year. Yeah. Every year, you know. Ruby, yeah. what about you? What's the highlight of Pride? If you look back, you're like, oh, that was interesting. Oh, it's it's a big time for me because um, I do perform a lot and I do get asked to do a lot of things. But I've been going since I was a kid because it's a big deal to my family um, and my Sydney friends and family and things like that. And we've been going for years and my parents had been going since the 80s and stuff like that. Um, but the, I just wanted to give a shout out because the most amazing part for me is when Dykes on Bikes do the first rev to open. I get, I'm crying about it now, but the oh, Mardi really Gras. Um, I like, of course, I dance at all the parties and do everything, but it's just that one rev of the, the big Harley Davisons that sets the parade that just absolutely, just even thinking about it gives me chills and makes me shake. And just a big shout out to them because they're awesome and they've been doing it for years and I get really emotional talking oh, about it. Look at that. And just the pride that I think the audience feels and they feel, it just always makes me so happy and so excited to be where I am. Hack on Triple J. Big, big thanks again to our Shake Up crew and everyone at Hack for a really, really big week of news that we covered. World Pride wrapping up, lots happening there. We've got another big week on Monday starting. It's going to be huge. Can't wait to get into it. Dive into some more big interviews. I'll catch you then. See ya.